thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. To a text uh, that we're all familiar with, that Psalm 4610 passage, next week, the 18th and the 25th, 18th, uh, I normally do a State of the Church address. I'm going to do that, but it's going to be in two parts. It's going to be on the 18th and the 25th. There's just a bunch to share with you, a bunch happening here and a bunch that's going to happen here. And so I didn't want to be rushed with that, so I'm going to take two weeks to do that. And then that first Sunday in February is not only Super Bowl Sunday, but it's D-Now weekend, and uh, our youth have a big weekend that weekend. So uh, right, grab your word. We're going to be in Psalm 46, verse 10, a passage we know real well. Um, but a message I wanted to share with you. I was going to share it last week, and I uh, didn't want to just skip it, so I wrote it into this week as well. But I want you to hear this term. We are human human beings, not human doings. Okay? As you look at the new year and you celebrate the new year and you look back on 14, the trap, the absolute trap for us as believers is we celebrate and then we just run straight into 15. We just run. We just take off. Now, yeah, there's some New Year's resolutions about working out and eating and all that stuff, and that'll probably crash and burn by spring break, but at least you had one. And so, but, but we do. We just, we are a people that just do. And it's very concerning because it's not about doing, it's about being. And, and, and I don't know how to get that because the world so desperately is feeding the monster within for us. And, and, and we live in this, this fishbowl and this world that just sucks us in with everything that says, go, 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 go. And Jesus so desperately says, no, 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 no. And so I want to look at that today and just break that down for you. Look at 4610 real fast. 4610, Psalm 4610 says this, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations, and I will be exalted on the earth. The question is not whether he will be exalted. The question is, is, will we even know it? Will he be exalted in us? Zechariah 2.13 says this, Be still before the Lord, all mankind. I'm sorry, but I'm not sure where that leaves you out. Be still before the Lord, all mankind. See, it's not so much what we do for He doesn't need more from you or from you necessarily. He needs more of you. You see, we've got to be careful because there's some serious church manipulation that goes on. And I'm going to tell you that from the the pulpit. Because we understand, man, we, we say things like this in church. Man, do you think the Via Dolorosa was easy? He took that cross and he bore that cross for you. And he crawled up that hill for you. And they beat on him and he fell and he got up and they drove it in the ground. They drove his hands and his feet and they stuck him on that cross. And now you want to lay around like a lead dog. And when you hear that stuff, man, you're thinking, dude, 
I got to go do something. I got to go do. I got to go. Man, I got to get busy. Yeah, you do. But what he is saying to us in Scripture is, before you run out there and start doing, you better understand you got to be. And too many of us are running out there doing, and we don't even know who we are to be. We don't know. We don't know who we are in Christ. We're not still before the Lord. We haven't been still before the Lord because there's so much of this super spiritual manipulation that can go on in church where we feel guilty for being still. We do. Are you serving the Lord? Well, not at this season. Well, don't you love Jesus? Don't you love the church? Don't you know we're supposed to serve? And I, listen to me. I'm not telling you not to serve. Dude, I'm a pastor of a very growing church. We have lots of needs. I need you. But I need you. I don't need your doing. You've got to hear that. You're not doing us any favor by just doing if you haven't spent any time being. Don't give out of a dry well to a hungry people. You haven't helped them. You've got to give out of a full well to a hungry people. I want you to look at a scripture. Go to John 10.10. 10. I know you're thinking, preacher, that's the opposite of I've ever heard in church for New Year. I love you too much to tell you not the truth. Man, we're supposed to serve. I promise you, I need you to serve. But it's so much more important to be. You've got to be still. Listen to this. Listen to the warning of Jesus to his flock. John 10, 10, the thief, the enemy, the devil, Satan, the adversary, the thief comes only, only, still means only, to steal and kill and destroy. But I, Jesus, have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Listen to me. The enemy wants to kill your time. He wants to kill your time. See, if he can get you, if he can kill your time, the king doesn't have you. And you're no, he's got you. How much time are you giving to the Lord? You say, well, you know, I, I try to build it into my day. I try to work into my day. And sometimes it just... It just doesn't happen. <laughs> if you're looking for it to happen, it's not going to happen. It's got to be a spiritual discipline of yours. It has got to be a spiritual discipline of yours to be still before the Lord. You got to be still. He is trying to kill your time. If he can get your time, if you can bow to the clock of the world, he, you're no good to the kingdom. He's going to kill you. He's going to kill you. If he gets your time, he's going to get what? He's going to steal. He's going to steal your time and he's going to kill your joy. You watch it. You guys know. We could stand up here and give testimony. Man, I fell out of fellowship with God, and I lost my joy, and I got no hope. It's just, it's just, it happens. If he can get you, if he can steal your time away, 
with work and all the stuff that you're doing because you feel like you've got to do, if he can steal that from you, then he will kill your joy from within and he will kill your hope. And you can be a believer who knows the tomb is empty and you can sound like it's full. He can steal you, man. And then what, what does he destroy after that? After he steals your time and he kills your joy and hope? He'll, he will destroy the relationship, number one, with him. And then it will start taking effect everywhere else. I'm just telling you right now, man. There, there is not a marriage in this world that hasn't gotten in trouble when two people in the marriage have their time stolen by the enemy. I'm going to tell you right now. You think, well, it started with we tried to build a house together. No, it did not. No, it did not. It started when other things took the place of your time with the king. That's where it starts. That's where it starts. Because when you're not in his presence, then you can't get up and walk in his presence because you never got in his presence. So what happens when you walk out of his presence, you're walking on your own. And you have to generate your own joy and hope. And then you have to do everything you can (laughs) to save relationships. And what happens when you fall out of fellowship with the king, you fall out of fellowship with his people. I'm just telling you right now. You say, well, no, I've got to. I'm grandfathered in. You're not grandfathered in. You're not. And so as you begin the new year, I just want you to simply, I just want to simply remind you something. Please, don't jump out there all jacked up about what you're going to do for Jesus. I want you to commit to being for him. Not doing for him. Being for him. I want you to be still before the Lord. I want to give you four things real fast. Okay? I call them steps to stillness. You can call them whatever. Number one thing in your life is simplicity. Simplicity. Better known as holy subtraction. Okay? Holy subtraction. I've said this before and you've heard it. If Satan can't make you bad, he will make you busy. That's exactly right. You've got to get back to simple, okay? Simply beginning with the Lord. When I mean be still before the Lord, I mean be still before the Lord. That does not mean praying. It does not mean reading the Bible. It does not mean journaling. You say, well, what in the world are you talking about? That's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to have a quiet time. I'm supposed to get in the Word. I'm supposed to pray. Amen and amen and amen and amen. But can I tell you something? When you're still before the Lord, then He is able to speak. Communication is two-way. Not you telling God where you're at, but He telling you who you are. Somebody needs to hear that. You see, we think we've got to go to God in this quiet time and get in the Word and then go to prayer and go, God, you know my husband's job. He's hardly ever here. I try to keep the home together. I'm trying to do the dishes. I try to do the laundry. I keep the kids going. I mean, it's just hard, God, and I just need you to understand that I'm trying my best, and I'm doing this, and the guy says, I'm just trying to do this at work, and all this pressure's on me, and I've got to get the, you got to, God, do you realize what I've got 
that, that I work with, I try to get those incompetent people to do what I'm trying to ask them to do. I, I do this, I do this, I need you here, I need you here. And it's like, hello, he already knows that. Who, you're talking to a sovereign God who called you fearfully and wonderfully made and said all the days of your life have been ordained. You never take a step that he doesn't know you're going to step. You do not have to spend time telling him where you're at and what's going on in your world. He already knows that. He does. And I'm not saying that's not what you're supposed to do. There's a, there's a season for that. There's a place for that in prayer. But I'm talking simply about being still. And I'm going to say this in all the love that I can say. When we shut up, he speaks up. And I just mean to tell you that. How long has it been? And I mean, I want you to be honest. Seriously honest. When, how long has it been since you really heard him speak not when somebody had a word for you not when somebody spoke a word from here and you agreed with the word when was the last time and how long has it been since you've been so still before the lord that you heard him speak no doubt it was him you knew that how long has it been there's a lot of clutter out there. There's a lot of noise out there. There is, man. And you can get so sucked in because you can buy the lie. Well, the cross wasn't easy, dude. You better suck it up and get busy for the king. Mm. You're already a whoop dog, and you're going to go get busy. <laughs> How about sitting? Remember what he told Mary and Martha? Oh, oh Mary, what you, why, why are you so... Hey, listen to me. Martha, Mary has chosen what is best, and it will not be taken from her. It will not. Simplicity, reordering their life. Last, second thing is this real quick, silence. Never, listen to me. The great theologian Winnie the Pooh said, never underestimate the power of doing nothing. Okay? You need to listen to some theologians sometime in life. We need to poo got some wisdom for you. Never underestimate the power of doing nothing. Let me tell you something. You can be guilted in the not being able to be in that place. Listen to me. It is about doing for the Lord, for the kingdom. But it begins with being for him. Third thing is this solitude. The ability to get quiet. How long does that take for you so you can turn your world off? Now, you don't have to sit in a closet under a rack of clothes and go, mm, not talking about being weird. You can go for a walk. I'm sorry. You can go for a walk and be silent. A lot of times people say, well, I drive by in the morning preaching, and it's like 25 degrees outside, and you're outside walking around the church. Are you crazy or what? Well, yes, I am, but... What I'm, what I'm doing is I'm walking this ground because it's holy ground and it was given for such a time as this. And I, as your pastor, don't need to hear from me. I need to hear from him. That's it. He said, well, preacher, it's a little bit warmer in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. It's louder in the afternoon, too. 
It's very quiet here at about 6.45, 7 o'clock in the morning, Bushman, Texas. Now, it's dark, and it's really cold, but I love cold, so that makes me weird, and that's okay. And that's what I'm doing. I'm prayer walking. I'm listening. I'm not talking. I'm listening. Because I can go in that office, and there's too much noise. And even their best efforts, they can't be quiet enough. That's a pier and beam home. You live in a pier and beam home, every step is loud. Okay? I mean quiet. You can sit in quiet, you can walk in quiet, but I need you to understand there is a spiritual discipline about being still, and there is tremendous rewards in being still. Tremendous rewards. Solitude. Last thing is this, surrender. Surrender. That's one of the best hymns we sing in church, I Surrender All. Hmm. How long has that been? How long has that been? You say, well, preacher, here's the deal. That's not my personality to be still. I am not a good person at being still. That's just not my DNA. Hmm. Well, let me share something with you. God, who made your DNA, told you to be still. So welcome to being still. Okay? I don't know how to say that. I, I sit with people that say the same thing to me. That's not how I'm wired, preacher. You're more like that. Your, your temperament's more like that. I agree with that. But listen to me. Your DNA is made by God. And if God tells us to be still, we need to be still. And he says in Zechariah, be still before the Lord, all mankind. All mankind. This morning, I want you to be so in love with the king that you can't wait to be still in his presence. 15 is going to be some kind of incredible year in a lot of ways. Scripturally, 15 is going to be a year, man. I'm telling you right now, okay? And I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on that, but (laughs) this is a pivotal year, okay? God is going to shake his earth and his people. And if you lived in Dallas, Texas this week, it already started. I'm going to tell you something. That moaning is going to get louder. And when you start feeling that, and it starts shaking you and your world and your home and your house, it's going to chase you back to his presence. I hope it does. Why do we have to wait for that? Let's go to that now. Go to his presence now. Be still before him. In 15, before you run out there and accomplish all those things about doing and doing and doing and doing and doing, I want to encourage you to spend 15 being before the Lord. He doesn't need more from you. He needs more of you. I want to pray with you. Father, this morning, as we enter a time of invitation, right at the beginning of a new, new year, Father, a lot of gold, a lot of dreams, a lot of things we want to do. But God, I pray you call us back to what's really, really, really important. God, you've taught us in your word and commanded through Scripture that we need to be still before you. And so, Father, this morning, as we enter a time of invitation, 
pray, Father, we heed that this morning. Father, if there's a family here, a couple here that looking for a church home this morning, I pray you'd send them here, that they'd come and join here and be a part of all that God's doing here. God, if we need prayer this morning, I pray we come for prayer. If we need to spend time at the altar, and in the attitude of surrender, just bow before you and commit being for you, not doing for you. God, whatever you want to do this invitation time, I pray you'd move us in Christ's name.